0: masterminds is back i don't know how many weeks it's been but it's been a lot i am bridge of and i'm here with theosaurus rex
1: greetings all it is i the theosaurus rex the girl
0: hey fellas
1: and
2: jimmy the talking table table jimmystable.com
0: <laughs> hey like do know, you, when when you like when you meet someone is that what you say every time? You should see the business card I hand everybody. <laughs> That's impressive. A business card for your podcast. That's pretty I, hardcore. I I
2: I've thought about it actually. I used to once upon a time I had a uh a, a blog many moons ago and I thought it'd be kind of fun to make some uh some slick uh, business cards, and then I just leave them places. And they were really, That's they were time. actually really, they were actually really nice cards too.
0: Like, is is having a podcast kind of like being veg vegan, where
2: you have to tell everybody? No, you you try to not tell anybody because you realize if you tell them, they look at you like you're weird. Sure. Unless I'm doing it wrong, because I tell everybody. And then you realize nobody, like, they're like, oh, that's cool. I'll make sure I never listen to that.
0: <laughs>
2: or you have, like, your
0: friends that apologize. I'm so sorry I don't listen to your podcast. And it's like, if you don't listen
2: to podcasts, don't worry about but it. My wife subscribes to my podcast, but she doesn't listen to it. She listens to other people's podcasts, but not mine. She's like, "Well, so what
1: you're saying is your numbers are off. <laughs> right you're uh, like, inflating the numbers uh, don't we have to... oh my right
0: so it's... so we're like we're like one year into this whole covid thing yes mm-hmm. yep. crazy and jimmy got his first covid shot Woo!
2: i'm healed Woo! Nice. do you feel any pain or anything like do you are you sore or anything uh, my left arm is ever so slightly tender um, up in the shoulder area where they poked oh me. I didn't, I didn't feel anything I mean, when I didn't feel anything when they actually gave me the shot. Um, it was actually the like the least painful shot that I've probably ever received. Um, but this morning I woke up and it's been a little sore. Um, and I will say I did have a very upset stomach in the middle of the night, and I couldn't decide if that was. The COVID shot, or if that was the extra spicy Chinese food that I had last night. <laughs> the 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 jury's still yes. out on
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. You just so, yes, it was
2: yeah. both. Uh, Chinese food, spicy Chinese food's the dish you pay for twice.
0: <laughs>
2: so I, I think you know, a year into COVID, I think we've been God. thinking
0: a lot about what how work matters to us yeah. because I think Mm -hmm. you heard time and time again, people saying, you know, if you take away people's jobs, their mental health will be bad. And that kind of makes me think about a couple things that get tied into our work or our occupation. Um, it's very easy for our identity, identity to be what we do. Um, and then there's also just finding meaning in life. It's like, can be in your job. Um. So I know, Jimmy, you wanted to talk about, like, how your identity can be tied to your
2: job. Yeah, like, right now, I'm kind of at a crossroads with my job. I've been being aggressively recruited by a recruiter um, from an outside
1: oh. agency,
2: uh, trying to take me away, and uh, currently in negotiation over, over things. But uh, I won't get into the details. I was about so, to say,
1: are you sure you want to say that?
2: Yeah, but... Uh, but you know, I, I thought about it. Like, man, I've been at the same employer, the big bad bank, for for ten years now, and you know, it's I've spent so much time with them, and it's been a source of pride and joy to some some degree. Um, but at sometimes, because some of the scandals which have made the headlines, maybe some of you out there can guess it, yeah. I will name of it. Um, but uh, you know, sometimes it's been an embarrassment, but. Either way, it's been part of who I am. Oh, I'm Jimmy and I work at, you know, said bank. And, you know, some some people can be impressed by that. Some people can be mortified at that. Or, you know, I can. uh, And then the company I'm looking to possibly go to is a no name mortgage company that I've never even heard of. But, you know, they're kind of making it a pretty sweet offer to me to make me leave where I've been. But at the same time, like I, I'm excited about the prospects of possibly doing that. But at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of going almost through a divorce of some sort because it's like I've been so long invested in this particular company and I've had so much identity associated with it, so much so that occasionally people will give me gifts associated. Like for Christmas, my parents got me this really cool cookie jar that the apparently the bank used to give away to customers um with this particular insignia on it and it's just really cool looking and they like found it on ebay and it's extremely fragile and it's extremely like i don't know just over the top awesome looking and i'm like it's it's there on my kitchen counter right now so it's like it's so i i have some sort of identity and i have you know even some of the gear that has leaked into my life you know i have some t-shirts i have some polos and, you know, everything that has been my life for the past 10 years has been in some way wrapped up in my employer. And even though I try to create some distance with myself mentally and spiritually from, um, you know, my identity with that, I try to have a healthy balance. I don't want to be like, oh, look at me, big, bad, (laughs) bigger, peasants, (laughs) you know. um,
1: (laughs) Wait, you're not like that under the normal? I do that without Having all these job offers, right? <laughs> or you know whatever word, whatever you know.
2: Absolutely, but it's it's just interesting to sit there and think like like the part of the wanting to stay on with a company, even if they maybe not make me as good of an offer, is like I just feel like I'm almost kind of a little tethered to them in some way.
1: Well, you're
0: comfortable there too, right? Like going into the unknown. Yeah. is scary. The
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I will say I'm comfortable.
1: <laughs> Nailed that.
2: Ever since the time they laid me off, I've never been fully comfortable because I always realize I'm in a, the mortgage industry is highly sensitive to economic woes and, you know, things of the country. And if the country has bad economic times, then they love to lay underwriters off in mass. And I had that happen once when we first got married, within six months of being married, they laid me off. They eventually brought me back, but I didn't have a job for a couple months. And that was pretty tough.
0: I, working for a big company is really hard that way. And I'm like, I went from, you know, I spent two and a half years working for a corporation, but I was contracted from the consulting firm that I've been working for, for the last 13 years. Like as of today, it's been 13 years. Oh, wow. And no. over, like, I guess it was about a year ago it's not quite a year ago because I think I had about a month that I was still working for the oil company, but I, I guess 11 months ago I went back to consulting for the small company and it was a good shift for me. Um, it was, it was cool to do those two and a half years because basically I went from being the senior guy at a small consulting firm to being the contractor. Right. And like when you work for like a corporation, but you're the contractor, people see you differently. And I was like, I'm just here to help guys. I'm just here to help. And so I would do whatever they needed me to do. I'd go take the trip and go take the samples and do all those things. Right. And then coming back to the consulting firm, it's like, oh, I'm the senior guy. I don't have to prove anything to these people. And it's been (laughs) nice being back here and not having to prove anything to anyone. Right. Peasants, except for every client I work with. But you know, <laughs> right. but it's like I can carry myself in a different way because I'm now seen as the seasoned veteran, right? Right. And so that's been nice. Working for a small company, you have a lot more say in things. And I'm realizing because I've seen that you know there are some job opportunities that come up, and it's like you know a headhunter contacts you on LinkedIn and says, "Hey, we're looking for you know this company's looking for a hygienist." They want a contract for, you know, however, I think it was like 10 months or something like that. And I'm like, mm, go back to a corporation where they're just like, oh, we might extend your contract. Mm, we might not. Oh, we're trying to <laughs> hire. And it's just like, and it's so unstable because then like all kinds of things happen with corporations, especially in yep. the oil industry. Right. They have a tendency to get bought out by other companies. And it's just, it's messy. And I feel like the corporate world is there's just a lot of people that are trying to go to the bigger and better and so there's so much turnover right and so that's with fair. consulting it's like it's a lot more stable it's kind of a family environment
1: it's like they don't want to get rid of me right now i would think that consulting mm-hmm. um would be less stable but i guess since you yeah. have a firm that's actively marketing for you then that that makes a difference
0: well, I'm also senior, right? So if there's work, I'm going to get it first, technically, okay. right? Um, and no, you're right, though. Like, because when I was with the corporation, there was no question that I would have work to do. Um, yep. Back to consulting. Yeah, there are times where it's like, like my June is very light. I've got nothing to do in June. So I, I said, I'm, I'd i be cool with taking June off if I have to, <laughs> but yeah but I'm like, I'm getting a lot of hours when I am busy. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm getting used to this COVID kind of thing too, because it's like, I'm working like six hours a day. And then, and then nice. I'll work 12, 10 or
1: 12 while I'm elsewhere. Right? And so yeah. it all kind of evens out in the end. I try to make, it, I've lost, I've even through the simp, I think I'm extremely tame on Facebook and my I personal think you are account too. and yeah. I have still lost friends because yeah. of it and it's like uh, like I've known I this one person I've known since I was 13 and she was just like I can't blah, 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 blah. I'm going like, well just mute me or like whatever but like you're gonna completely block me on every like whatever it's like okay fine whatever like ugh. yeah it's very sad it makes me sad yeah it's hard
0: Sorry. I
1: yeah I don't know What are y'all's, what, um, what are other, other people's?
0: I know, I know, Jimmy, you've gotten a few people that have reacted strongly to, to you, right? Like
2: I'm from a professional argumenters. So, uh, like it's like, there's a lot of hillbilly in us in in the background. So, uh, you know, running our mouths comes naturally to my blood. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's something I do struggle with. It's especially as I've gotten older as a Christian, I realize like, you know, that may be our natural disposition as family. But, you know, some of that's not exactly Christ centered. And I need to do something about that. Um, but uh, so does it make me more argumentative? I've gotten into some arguments. I try to avoid it. Sometimes I can't let it go um for
1: right
2: and mo- most of it starts off pretty innocently like i'm usually not out there to throw a bomb but then somebody will say something and then i'll say something and then that's when it starts <laughs> you know downward spiraling and like the other day i made some comment about immigration and there was this one guy who i've been friends with on facebook for a long time and he's just like you know why even bother like you're you're not even having you're, you you just think everything you say is gospel and um, mm. won't deal with reason and mm. and I was just like and I replied to the guy then why are you here you know <laughs> <laughs> like why are you commenting on this and if you think that why you you know why even waste your time you just took a cheap shot and I almost blocked him I thought about it but uh, I try to avoid blocking people it's. I've only blocked a couple of people. Um, Same, like yeah, and I'd like one of was a good friend. One of them, reasons ah. it was a good friend. They they went deep into the Joe, uh, Joe Biden is a pedophile sex cult leader um, thing and everything they were saying to me was Joe Biden is a pedophile sex cult leader. And I was like, I don't care if I have known you for ten years and went to your wedding. Um, you know, I'm if that's all you're ever going to say to me we have nothing more to say to each other and we can't be friends. It's just that simple. There's kind
0: of a point where things are slanderous. Right. And so when someone's being slanderous to someone else, there's a lot of people on Facebook that I just unfollowed. Right. Family members that I've unfollowed because I'm like, what they're posting is slanderous. Right. And if I don't feel comfortable addressing it when they say it, then I just can't see it. (laughs) Right. And so, um, But I've been thinking, too, about, like, you know, being oversensitive, right? And I think, you know, like, I remember being told before that I need to develop a thicker skin. And I'm glad I didn't. Because I think because I'm a sensitive person, that makes me more of an empath. And that's basically how I do all of my work, Mm. is... I try to see things through other people's eyes. Um, And I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before, but um, Brene Brown did research into the most compassionate people in the world. And she said they all had something in common and it wasn't religion. Mm -hmm. What they all had in common was that they all knew how to set healthy boundaries. And it's like, if I set healthy boundaries... I don't put myself in the position where people can abuse me, right. and that leaves me with the ability to still be healthy enough to be compassionate. Yeah. So I think <laughs> at some level we need to do that on social media, and it's like don't put up with other people's abuse.
2: Totally. It, you know, I think it sometimes I, I forget who it was. It might have been been you, uh, Bethany, but um, talking about boundaries. On social media and healthy relationships and like more I've gotten older the more I realize that even and the, all the forgiving of people and all the you know being gracious with individuals and stuff that we still need to have healthy respectful boundaries and just because we let them just because we turn the other cheek to them doesn't mean that we don't say no more
3: right
2: um uh-huh. and, and I mean even and I think boundaries are good and we we let those ethical issues which are very important um you know just totally destroy boundaries and that's that's not healthy and that's not right and that's not an ethical leader either, either i mean god defined boundaries from the beginning of creation he said here's a garden here's a man here's a woman you know these are their relationship to one another and here's the animals and here's their relationship to one another um and so every time you had this division in the garden um, and you know, I think if that was happening in the garden, we see all sorts of boundaries defined throughout the Bible, whether it's you know priestly things or whether it's pastoral things or whether it's the roles of men, women, children, slaves, whoever. There's all these boundaries that people are still expected to honor and recognize and <laughs> one another. And I think you know our failure failure to create boundaries, you know allows, for that destructive stuff that you're talking about there, John?
0: Hmm. Well, it's funny because I, I was thinking, too, about, like, I, I saw somebody post that forgive and forget is bad advice. And that got me thinking, it's like, well, don't we talk about how God forgets all of our sins? Yeah. And so I asked that question on Facebook. Is it true that God forgets all of our sins? And I kind of did a whole, like, not going to Bible this, kind of like, <laughs> like, not going to Google this. And there were people that gave different responses to it. And I think part of it is how you interpret the language of scripture. Because we, most people tend to just kind of look at the NIV or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, oh, it says forget. So it means forget. And it's like, well, okay. I wonder what happens when you get into the original language. But I kind of like to think that it's like, this is the thing is like, God is omniscient actually one of my atheist friends says it's kind of hard to forget things if you're omniscient and i'm like you're right like it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that god would completely forget our sins but i think it's like saying that he's no longer holding them against us right yeah uh-huh. and i think that that is what forgiveness is it's not that you forget it now it's like oh remember you know that person that person destroyed your career completely and they slandered you, you know, they destroyed your career through slander. And you say, you know what, I forgive you. And then you give them the same position of trust in your life. And then they slander you again and you forgive them and you got to forget it again, right? like, It's like, no, like that's, and I don't think God does that to us either. You know, where it's kind of like, okay, well you abuse children. Well, the church needs to forgive you and you need to get a position taking care of children again, right? And it's not, like, no, no, no. Right. There needs to be boundaries in place so you cannot offend in the same way. And I yeah. think to that extent, that's where I, what I believe about cancel culture is like, I think that there are certain people that should not be established, reestablished at the same position if Sorry. they abuse that power, Right.
2: Yeah. How are we not
1: supposed to get political? Are you gonna make we're it? To
2: stay with the church? What's happening, Theo?
0: Stay with the church on this. Um, Theo. If Rabbi was still alive today, <laughs> should he be restored back to his ministry after what happened?
1: I, so I'm, I'll, I'll just right off the bat. I will just say that I, I don't know fully him. I haven't researched in the fully what happened with him. Um, I know that from what I understand, he did some, some sketch things and and did things that would be, that, that were considered wrong. Like he had some, how, uh, he, took he had advantage of women people who had been,
0: like, sexually abused. He used his power to get sex. He used the fact that he's in ministry to tell a woman, there will be many souls lost if you come forward with what I just did. So, I mean, like, and I, I know it's not an easy question to answer, obviously. Even if you do know the details. But I think at some level, it's like, well, do we really need to put people back into the highest level of ministry after they have ruined so many lives? Right? Like, I'm not saying that someone like that should never, ever have a job again. But it's like, do they need to have the same job again?
2: It's like Jimmy Swaggert back in the 80s got caught cheating on his wife with a prostitute. And right. he stepped aside. like a couple weeks and then a couple weeks later he's like, nope, God's called me to preach. And he resumed pastoring his church after pouring around with the prostitute.
1: So I'll give a real example from Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. that I did anything like this. But I have a friend who um was studying to be a um studying to be a pastor and he he legit while he was you know studying to do this he would have counseling session with he, and he had a whole mo that he did and he said you know he he believed that he was gonna by having sex with the girls um that that would help them make them feel better about their lives that they could blah, 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 blah. whatever it's it, i i found his i talked to him i got his mo i reported him to the school got him that um i actually disassociated with him for a while um I did the, the whole first Corinthians five 15 thing. I handed him over to Satan, um, type thing. And, um, so he's, and then we didn't talk for a while and then he got counseling and he eventually got married and also that kind of stuff. So mm. would I, would I support him in a ministry type setup? I would, because I believe that God's changed his life. Right. Mm. Um, would I make sure that there were, um, uh, what is it called? Um, guideposts, boundaries, that kind of stuff. Taking into account what he did in the past, absolutely. Um, if I saw him violating any of those, like let's say, like one of the guideposts was you don't meet one-on-one with a woman, which should yeah. be kind of the norm anyway right? You yeah. should, there's no reason a man and a woman should be meeting one-on-one for any kind of counseling type situation. Um, you need to have someone there, openness, whatever, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and if you started violating that, then yeah, we're going to like look and we're going to bring up those things and say, Hey, what's going on. But would I support him if he was teaching a Bible study or in a situation where he had authority, spiritual authority over, um, either men or women, I would, because I, I, i have seen the the life change in him um but that's bec- and we've spent time together talking about this kind of stuff and so it's it's one of those things where but uh, obviously but this has also been um it's almost you know eight to ten years um mm-hmm. since that kind of stuff was happening and so i've gotten to see that oh his this wasn't just a he had a couple "quote unquote" come to Jesus moments, and they were fake and they were false. But so we've mm. been able to see the established pattern that he legitimately has repented and he legitimately um, has changed his ways and and done the right thing over time. So, like anyone, so I don't, I don't know. It's um. So a significant
0: passage of time and a record of repentance, and then also putting boundaries in place to say like this yeah. guy cannot be trusted in that kind of a situation right well
1: i would well but so those aren't necessarily boundaries that i would put just for him those are boundaries like for me i don't do like i so i'm a youth pastor i don't meet one-on-one in a a closed or even with with my my girl students or student or you know like that type of thing we'll we'll step outside or we'll talk on in like a hallway or something if we need to do some um or if we go into a room there's people know that we're in there and um there's windows and I like you know whatever the case yeah. is so i don't those think are that, even that needs I would, to
0: be gender based though because there are definitely men out there that molest boys yes. as well
1: right and so right. And and we have, we have rules and protections for that as well, but I just, just in response in like, in relation with my friend who targeted women specifically, I was just, you know, I would kind of put those same standards on a lot of, on, on. Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something? I
3: get it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Could you see it in my face? Um, No, I, I get it. I also, I just hate, I've been in the situation of having to talk to men in authority Mm-hmm. And I hate feeling babysat. Like, I know it's not, I know it's there to protect me, but I also still have my right to privacy. I should be able to talk to my pastor and not, I mean, this happened. I remember, you know, going around like, well, go sit in the kitchen. And like, people are in and out of the kitchen. I'm trying to discuss, you know,
1: yeah, whatever sure. it
3: was. So there's, there's that element of just like, do, do we have to fishbowl this? I mean, the fact that you're alone talking to the pastor in the first place ends up a little bit like, what's going on with them? Mm. I, I, I get that it's it's boundaries and protection. I don't know how to make that make sense, unless there was somebody I specifically wanted to bring into the conversation, mm-hmm. just the idea of like, no, if you if you need to talk to me, we have to be like out in the middle, you know, in the fishbowl. I, I don't know how to balance it, but it feels a bit like babysitting.
0: Well, I always thought as a teacher too, it was kind of like if I was alone with a student, leave the door open. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's just like it just because it was always that kind of constant. Well, you got to be really careful,
3: okay. and you know, a to lot of it sure
0: that you're not accused of anything, <laughs>
1: right? and and it's not accused even from the student or the or the in this case say teacher, it's the the random person walking by that just starts, you know, spreading rumors or whatever. Um, and so to to your point, Bethany, I think there is a there needs to be that ability to have like privacy mm-hmm. and to be able to talk about things. And that's um definitely a concern that gets missed when you when you do as you I like but like fish bullet um and there just has to there needs to be and one of the things like my church we recently redid our um, policy on protecting students and um that was one of the things that we did because one of the parents was like super like if you are ever in the same vicinity as someone of the opposite sex and stuff like that then you should you should not to be a pastor anymore like not in the same vicinity but you know like in like a Mm. um where like you don't have someone else in the room and it's like hold on a second i need if i we need we have to figure out something because like you know maybe they're like oh well maybe her parents can be in there. It's like well maybe she's complaining about her parents or maybe her Mm. parents are like abusing her in some way and she needs that ability to do that so we we've got to figure out some way and we ended up figuring out one that i think works pretty well um to say that so that way in in the case of me being a male and her being a female or and even with the guys and everything too that we have protections in place um to allow people to have privacy and to be able to speak their mind and stuff like that but also so that if a random person walks by that we don't have to um worry about that being violated or people starting to spread rumors and whatnot and so it's but it's it's a really even I don't know. It's it's just terrible. It's I don't know. It's there's no good way around it. And I think it's for sure. I think it's some level, though,
0: there is a level of infraction at which you're just like, like I mean, you have a teacher that sleeps with a student. I mean, obviously, that shouldn't even say that sleep with yeah. a student. They rape a student. It's like that teacher's never gonna teach again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, what parent would trust their kids with that teacher ever again? Um, and I think there's a level of embezzlement that a financial person oh, can commit at which people are like, yeah, that guy's not ever working for any financial firm ever again, right? And so I think there are kind of levels at which it's like, no, you should just never been given, be given that kind of responsibility again. And it doesn't mean that person never, ne- you know, never gets to be a person anymore, right? right? It's just like just go, I don't know, take up woodworking or something, right? And so that's, I don't know, that's just. But kind of then,
1: up. so, but, and that's where the whole thing of grace and and Jesus and and restoration really complicates things. Like us as secular individuals in a secular society at a secular workplace, like that's significantly more understandable but then when it's like okay what if i'm a christian in a secular workplace or christian in a christian workplace and and whatever the case i think it creates issues of of being able to be restored because ultimately jesus you know we screw up and all this other kind of stuff he still forgives us and i believe that he acts as though we never did it in the first place right he doesn't treat us any or he's not conditionally um he doesn't conditionally accept us in that way, and but when we're called to be like Jesus. So how do we do that while still protecting people? And and that's a really, really rough thing because his forgiveness extends into the future for everything that we do, and and our forgiveness. I, I, for me, for real, for, blah, blah, blah. for me, for sure, my forgiveness does not extend infinitely into the future. It extends until you probably do something else that I don't cover. The first Didn't forgiveness. Letter. David
0: at some level though, like pay for what happened with Bathsheba. Yes. Like there were things he was not allowed to do anymore. He wasn't given like, okay, well, you're gonna fully fulfill everything you were supposed to fulfill as king. It was like, nope, because you did this, you're now is it wasn't it like he wasn't allowed to build the temple?
1: Right. Or did that I have anything to do with Bathsheba? Right. I think but that was part like,
0: of it. So I I think, like, part of it... Like, Moses couldn't go
1: into the Promised Land because he, you know, he did his thing.
0: Exactly. And it's like, he's forgiven, but there's still a consequence. And I think, like, I think at some level, it's almost like when I look at, like, Michael Jackson and, like, my eldest is like, I don't need to listen to Michael Jackson's music anymore because of what happened. it's pretty clear that he did molest some children. Mm -hmm. He wasn't formally charged, but, I mean, like... There's a lot of evidence, right? We all so like, know. We know what's up. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, this is at this point, you have to evaluate, well, is Michael Jackson's music so good that I can look past that? And mm-hmm. I think that's how we tend to it look at good. a lot of these situations. <laughs> so then when you get to the pastor, and you're like, is this guy such a good preacher that we absolutely have to fully restore them because people need to hear his preaching? And I think, like, at some level, we need to allow that person to be humbled and right. just be yeah. like, well, they don't have to be 100% what they were. And right. at some level, they need to learn to be okay with that.
3: Or- I mean, to the point of of David and Moses, you know, that weren't able to do the things that, in the beginning of the story, it looked like they were going to do. Hmm. To that point, God's plan still moved forward. It all yeah, still it happened. Did. It just went a different direction. And whether, you know, free will made the plan actually change or this was all known or whatever, but it it did mess them up. It caused a bit of time to be, quote, wasted, but mm-hmm. the God's plan and vision wasn't lost. I think it's important to be like, yes, someone can be a really good preacher and it stinks to not be able to hear them anymore, um, but we're not gonna, God's not losing momentum over it. You know what I mean?
2: I think oh, I yeah, Totally. all back to the identity thing, like people do these things and they'll be like, nope, I still gotta be the man because, you know, like Ravi was saying, all these people are going to go to hell mm-hmm. unless I'm still the man. And so his purpose, you know, was the anchor to all of eternity for everybody. And nope, God can't do what God's going to do without me. And, well, no, God's going to do what he's going to do without you just fine. Um, and I, the, the, the arrogance that we have, that we have to be like, nope, it's got to be me or it's nobody else at all. Like, yeah. you know, I, I've had some friends over the years stumble and have been involved in ministry and, you know, get caught up in affairs and things like that. And I was always shocked at how quickly the attitude quickly became like, okay, I did this thing. Now I got to get back in ministry. And part of me was like, whoa, bro, like, maybe you just need to go to work at Target for a long yeah. time. And, yeah. And and when your wife one day says you can go back into ministry, maybe we can start talking about it. But until then, yeah, just just be a good Christian.
1: Oh, um, totally.
2: Go serve the Lord at, the Lord at Target. Uh, yeah. Well, or and- I work at, where we need more underwriters.
1: <laughs> um, or like to to that point Lee. so i have the situation where dude is um he's he's leaving the church over stupid stuff and he's and and it's a whole big thing um and he's 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 planning to leave church and he has kind of a position of power and he tried to level leverage that to get me kicked out and also sort of the kind of stuff and it's like so if he goes and he goes to another church and realizes hey i'm not going to have this position of power if he comes back what do we do like mm-hmm. is he going to just think that he can lock step in there and the answer is no and part of like what i talked about earlier with my pastor saying you can't do this it's like Someone needs to talk to him and say, "Hey, what you've done and the division you've caused and the lies you've told and stuff like that isn't right. And you yeah. and you need to get right with that because God's not going to bless your ministry if you're if you're over here because you don't get your way and and I'm not teaching the way that you think I should teach because I don't yell at the kids um like you think I should, then you know, it, God can't honor that and and you need to get that right before you continue trying to be in ministry about stuff and like that's what he needs to hear and as a pastor like that's what needs to be said but he's not going to receive that from me and he's just going to use that as ammunition against me which is but but like that's the thing where it's like hey look dude you you need to get right about this before you go off and trying to um before like you get restored into any position of power or authority on this because so I don't know, maybe that seems to seem kind of like a hypocrite with the other stuff we talked about, about getting grace and whatnot. But it's the, I, there's that, that weird, like, hey, you just need to sit down and be a, be a congregant for a little bit. And, oh, and let no, God definitely. speak to you and work through this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but
0: grace doesn't mean there's no boundaries. Like, uh, yeah. I think that that's the, that's the big learning, right? It's like grace includes boundaries. I mean, in a lot of ways, we're protecting people from themselves. Yeah. You know, like it's not—it's not, it's not going to work to their benefit for them to abuse other people. Right. There's I mean, they're—they're also- they're miserable people. It's—it's it's sad, right? And so, and I think, like, I a really interesting, like that whole notion of, like, well, you're when your wife, who you cheated on, decides that you're restored, you're restored. And I uh-huh. think you know when you talk about someone like Mark Driscoll. I remember what was really interesting to me is that there were a lot of Christians on the grace side of it that are like, we need to forgive him. And I remember somebody saying, he didn't do anything to you. Why are you the one that you know, says, you know, why are you, why do you think you're the one that should forgive him?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, what if we let the people that he, you know, pressured, the people that he bullied, the people that, you know, the people that he fired with no notice, you know, like just yeah. just kind of the what he did was like so, you know, spiritual, it was spiritual abuse, not at the level of Ravi, because that is insanity to like rape someone yeah. and then be like, oh, don't tell anyone or all these yeah. souls are going to be lost. But that's like the very definition of spiritual abuse. And I know at some level, you know, that's what they said about Driscoll is that he was he was using kind of that spiritual angle and he had spiritual authority over people and he was using that to manipulate people and it's like huh yeah that sounds like a lot to deal with but i would rather hear from that group of people right. than you know a whole bunch of people that are like well well i think he should be forgiven i i'm happy to give grace to this person that never did anything to me right mm. and it's like that's that's a terrible way to give grace
2: Well, you know, we're we're supposed to, as Christians, to love grace and justice, you know, and they're not necessarily opposed. So it's like we look at these incidents as just this is just that individual's personal sin, their personal hiccup, their personal shortcoming. And whenever they get over their shortcoming, then everything's okay, right? Well, no, the Bible says if you steal from somebody, you Mm. owe them back what you stole from them and then something on top of it. There's a thing called restitution. It's all about shalom. It's all about justice. It's about wholeness. And so it's not just enough to get over your personal hiccups, but you also have to restore that which you stole. And until that yeah. is done, there can't be restoration. Yeah. Um. And and I think so. I think when you sin against somebody, it's like because we have to look out for the shalom that exists for that individual, that that person who has been wronged. Um. Yeah. And I think we often forget that. These individuals actually hurt other individuals, and and we think about it, oh, that was just their sin, but no, there's somebody out there who's still wounded. There's still somebody out there who still needs healing. There's yeah. somebody out there who's still waiting for an apology, you know, and and until that happens, then they shouldn't be in ministry, but if we're just going to sweep it on the rug— and call it grace, well, that's not grace. Grace yeah. restores and makes whole and makes things beautiful. There's nothing beautiful about just sweeping crap under the rug. No,
0: <laughs> and I mean, and at, at the same time, it's not my works.
2: job to condemn all
0: these people either. All I right. think that there's a lot of people that want to jump on the wagon and be like, I'm the condemner. And it's like, well, it's not my job to condemn. I want to defend the victim. Right. I would right. like that person to find restoration. That person that committed the crime, um, but I would be more fond of the idea of that person being restored to a position where they can't possibly offend in the same way again. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, and I think that's part of the thing to cancel culture is a lot of times people are getting offended for other people, and they're trying, yeah. and that's that's part of the thing. Like, so like I was on the hey, let's give. Um, uh, a Driscoll, some grace on some stuff, um, because it's like, okay, dude, you never sat under his teaching, you're just saying this, because this is the popular thing, the trash on this guy, so why don't you give him grace, and let's let the people who are, who, who he affected, like, do this, and, because I know that, you know, anyway, so, like, that type of thing, or, um, uh to talk about sorry just real quick because we have to mention rob bell at least once an episode when i'm on here did, <laughs> exactly. um you know like with him like so um i i we actually used one of his older books as a um as a textbook for like the first six months of our um of my of the youth program and we'll reference his pneumas and stuff like that but we don't we don't look at his new stuff as much because that's a little more out there and whatnot so we have um We've got grace for that kind of stuff and 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 so it's just one of those like, hey, I will I will acknowledge the truth of what was said in this book, but we're not gonna mess with your newer stuff as much. Um we might reference it and I'll read it and if there's anything good, I'll pull that truth out of it. And I think that we do run into a situation sometimes where like if someone does something that's wrong, we don't we throw away everything that they did and there there can be some truth in some of the past stuff before you know, they, they did these things even while they were doing the things and we didn't know about it, there could still be some truth. And we need to make sure we don't throw that out with just because the person who did the actions was an evil person. But we still have to affirm that truth where we find it and where it's, it's well, said.
0: And I mean, I'd say the same thing too. If there's like an argument that Ravi has that's like awesome and still works, I'd use it. I just wouldn't credit him with it.
3: A John original now.
2: Yeah, it's mine now. Can't we all just agree, just right now, that Ravi Zacharias went to hell? Can't we all just agree?
1: No, I don't know that Hitler's in hell because it's not our place to say that. It's God's grace can reach anybody.
0: I, you know, it's really, I mean, once we deal with all the, like, what happened to the victims is terrible, and I can't imagine the pain they went through. I look at this too, and I'm like, the sad thing, one of the other sad things to me is I don't think Ravi made this right before he died. So Mm -hmm. I would be concerned about his soul because he was continuously trying to escape the consequences
3: of that.
2: What was that, Jimmy? He was hiding it and blaming other people all the way to the grave. It's crazy. That's really sad. uh,
1: I'll, I'll but we do that too, just not in like a um, that's not to that ex- extent. Of course, I would hope not that none of us are doing that type of stuff. but like we still try to scapegoat some of ours, oh, it's okay for me not to forgive them. They really hurt me or oh, it's just totally fine for me to lash out at that this other person because they're being really annoying. You know, well, there's and
0: definitely we'll- a lesson beyond like just looking at what he did like it's like are we justifying our own
1: means of mistreating other people yeah i think that happens a lot more than than we care to think about yeah
2: you know the only person who we haven't talked about today we've talked about ravi we've talked about mark driscoll what about beth moore <laughs> 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 uh, completely unforgivable i'm going for the trinity here <laughs> christian
0: celebrity I love Beth Moore. She's fantastic. Yeah, she I don't, don't know, like to my church anytime.
2: I love. She's the like,
0: SBC, and I don't really care because it doesn't really affect me.
2: Do so. they have Southern Baptists in Canada?
0: No, we're like I don't know. We have it's Baptist. Slightly churches. less
3: Northern Baptists. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have we have like Baptist churches, but I I don't know what like uh um denomination it is. Just Baptist.
1: Well, so the Baptist would be the denomination, and then there are different associations, right? That and the Southern Baptist Convention is an association. You basically have to agree to. I'm I'm
0: guessing we're not Southern Baptist then, here.
2: You guys don't have racist in Canada, that's why.
0: (laughs) Wow, wow, (laughs) well, that was fun, guys.
1: mr talking table oh, with gosh. the last like gut <laughs> shot right before we end
2: I was thinking, okay, now cool. be like man i want to check out this podcast at jimmystable.com what's he talking about
1: yeah. no, I've, already, I've i've erased jimmystable.com from my memory well, hopefully sorry.
0: about not killing your friends why don't i title this jimmy doesn't think you should kill your friends
2: is that better yeah that's better
3: jimmy might want you to kill your friends no and then you have to listen and find
1: out hey, I, I have oh, company make it a question does jimmy want you to kill your friends question mark I companies do so, yeah, i like that myth.
2: background checks on me right now so please don't put anything
1: like that what if we make it should we kill our friends <laughs> it is
0: asked <laughs> That's going to be a new Twitter poll.
1: Should, we Should you, you kill your friends? Did
0: you, did you see my Twitter poll that I did on the Bridge of a Watt account, where I, I said, like, uh, how many people have you killed? And I had, like, one, two, <laughs> or three plus. And I think I put three plus. He's like, less than one. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to do my part to make the world a better place. <laughs> You're that's a some, hero.
2: That's some real self-control there.
1: <laughs> Dude, I, well, you know.
3: mm.
1: I think we should title something about international waters. Just there in you case. go.
3: Yeah. I want to know here. where like, water beds fall in this.
1: Oh, that's it's a like, good point.
3: Right? Because it's like in it, but you're not in the water. We're, we have to figure that out.
2: It's What's
0: gonna I just would not like get in a water duck bed with a duck.
1: <laughs> what? what? What is it with these ducks? I feel like I've missed something. <laughs> the mighty ducks are back and Disney yeah, Plus. it's gonna
0: be called International Waters and Killing Your Friends.
2: Sounds great. Okay. There you go.
0: There, it is. <laughs> there we go.
2: I'll, <laughs> well, I'll let my future employer or current employer listen to the podcast to find out the dirty details, and that, but they won't do that.
0: <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It involves ducks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, so interesting, um, seabeds are considered territorial waters. So, could we say that waterbeds are seabeds? I oh.
3: know.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel sure. Like an oceanographer on this. <laughs> I
0: think I was pretty clear that all water is international waters.
3: Yeah, so. I just I wanted to know if the one contained in a mattress counts.
2: I would yeah, love I if you put all, okay. all water is international waters, and then you're just going to get like the most weird Google request of people landing on your podcast for this, and they're going <laughs> to be like, "What? <laughs> this does not answer my question."
1: Oh yeah, they're going to be like, "Let's wait to the very end." Travel. All right. Well, exactly. thank
0: you, guys. It was fun.
1: It was fun. It was. It was. Uh, catch Did you guys
0: say... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Catch you. Catch He's you.
2: new here. Catch you on the uh, flipity, <laughs>
3: <lippity. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> bye.
0: listening to add masterminds we would love to keep you updated on what we're up to as well as share some hilarious memes we'd also like to hear from you like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram